regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. Well, hey out there, and welcome back to The Online Course Show. This is episode 188. If you're new here, we talk about online courses, but more specifically on this podcast, we talk about what it takes to run a successful online course business. And so sure, we talk about best practices and whatnot on putting together your actual course, But succeeding with online courses is so much more than that. And that's why we spend so much time talking about sales and marketing and driving traffic and branding and funnels and all kinds of good stuff like that. And a lot of times we'll have guests on that have been around the online course space and have succeeded with online courses for quite some time. I mean, you take a look at the very last podcast episode with uh, none other than John Gallagher, who has been doing this for like decades now. And other times we have people on the newer side of the spectrum as far as online courses and online course businesses go. An example of that was back in episode 181 with Spencer Russell, which by the way is our most listened to episode of all time. And who knows, maybe this one will surpass that. It seems like you all really like to hear the the more recent stories uh, in addition to the more experienced people. And so today I'm bringing to you a conversation with somebody named Christina Umarez, who a year ago didn't have an online course on her radar, even just like the beginning of this year, just a few months ago really, didn't have an online course on her radar, yet she can now say she's done a $50,000 launch. And more importantly, she's got her online course business set up in an evergreen fashion to where she's making hundreds, if not sometimes thousands of dollars in course sales each day now that she's got this awesome infrastructure set up. So how did she do it? That's exactly what we'll be covering in the conversation here today. And after you hear the conversation between myself and Christina, I want to tell you about my coaching program, OCG Coaching, which we're actually going to be doing some special stuff for uh, for you all next week. So uh, stay tuned for after the conversation with Christina to learn more about that. Uh, But in this conversation, uh, I promise you, you are going to be inspired. You're going to hear her talk about going from idea to actual course sales in just a few months time. You're going to hear her talk about her traffic generation strategy and and how to get traffic uh, from people that actually will end up buying from you from TikTok, that has been her only traffic source, and she has succeeded wildly with her online course business, having that one traffic source. And she will talk about this $50,000 launch and how she primarily used a newer software I've talked about a little bit on the podcast here and there lately called eWebinar. So not only did she use an evergreen webinar funnel, but she used this software called eWebinar, which was really, really helpful for her and helped to serve her audience and really help to generate those sales as well. So you'll hear her talk about that too. And so without further ado, here's the full conversation between myself and Christina Umarez. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the Online Course Show. How are you today? Thank you. I'm doing really good. It's a really beautiful day and I'm really excited to actually film with you. It's. I mean, I thought Canada was just like miserably cold 24-7. You must not be in Canada right now. 
No, it's beautiful in the summer. It's been like 30 degrees and sunny, like all year so far. I just hate the winter. I'm like here until October and then I'm leaving and I'm going to come back when it's warm again. Uh, obviously messing with you. I know, I know that uh, it can be very beautiful in um, in Canada. I've been to Toronto before. That's like, you're in the Toronto area, right? Yeah, yeah, just outside of it. Now for those in the US, you know, you did say 30 degrees. So, I mean, for us, that's cold, right? Because that's Fahrenheit. So I'm <laughs> oh, guessing you meant Celsius. Yes, I did. I don't know Fahrenheit at all. Yeah, so let's do a quick conversion here. 30 degrees Celsius. Somebody's listening to this right now is really good at the conversion. They're like, ah, I know this already. So it's 86 <laughs> Fahrenheit for those that only know Fahrenheit, which is like, that's not too bad. It's like, it, it could be a little colder. And in fact, for Canada, that's probably a little bit up there. It is. I don't like it harder than that. This is like my max. So let's start with like, you obviously have an online course. You're making course sales. Um, who is it that you like, what, what do you do? Who do you help? So I help pretty much people who want to start a side hustle. A lot of them have either started side hustles before, but usually they don't have like the previous entrepreneurial um, experience. So I have a lot of like new moms, um, either students, people not in tech that are looking for a way to make money that maybe just don't think they have the tech skills to really make their own money online. Okay. So, so what do you teach that allows them to make money online? Yeah. So I teach print on demand, which is a way for people to create designs and they can put it on many products. So like, for example, I sell t-shirts and sweatshirts, but I have external suppliers who print and ship it for me. And my orders are linked automatically with them. So say like a t-shirt design of mine sells it automatically gets sent to my supplier who will print and ship it for me. And then I pretty much don't have to do anything. So I never have to deal with inventory, equipment, shipping, or any logistics whatsoever. So it's like, is, is how to design like the primary thing you teach, or I guess there's, there's probably more to it than that, huh? Yeah, there's a lot more designing. I do have like a full module on designing, but actually the biggest thing that I focus on is getting found. So the medium in which I teach people how to sell is through Etsy. And so probably the biggest um, like component to the course is how people can get found on Etsy and make their listings stand out. So it's pretty much very Etsy focused, but again, creating products that people actually do want to purchase and then how to set up the automation so that it's not like spending hours every time they get a sale trying to like print these themselves. So, you know, full full disclosure to the to the listeners out there. We we obviously know each other already. You you've uh been in in one of my programs and we've worked together, but um I don't know if I've told you this, uh my wife has an Etsy shop. Oh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. No, she's not she doesn't have a print on demand business and that's certainly not the only thing on uh on Etsy. Etsy is In fact, I love Etsy. I've gotten, you know, this this piano in 21 days sign behind me right here. I got made on Etsy. I know really? the listeners can't see that, but I'm pointing it to it for you <laughs> and um I've gotten some really cool things on Etsy and she she does like paper products and invitations and that, those types of things and has her own Etsy shop. That's I know really a little awesome. about it. Does she print them at home? Yeah. Yeah. Not oh, print wow. on demand. <laughs> yeah. We have a, we have a printer here, um, that does that. 
Um, but so how did you, how did you learn how to do this? So I had an Etsy store before I actually had an Etsy first starting. I was actually doing, um, pet portraits on Etsy first. And so those were actually selling really well. Um, I'd started at like beginning of 2020, but it was so much work after I got a sale. Like it would be like two to three hours after each sale of like work that I had to do and like revisions and everything. And then, so I knew Etsy pretty well because of that. I was like studying SEO and the mock-ups and sorry, SEO is the search engine optimization, which is how you get found on Etsy. But I was looking for another way. I was like really listening to like podcasts on financial freedom and learned that like, I need to find a way to start making some passive sales. Cause I was also doing that working with my nine to five. So I had like no time anymore. And then, um, I was on YouTube looking up like passive sales way. And I came across, um, someone talking about this print on demand and it was, um, a different supplier that I use currently, which is printful, but it literally just opened up my mind to like what I could do. And I actually first implemented it, um, with my like digital drawings. Cause before when I was doing the portraits, I was just like giving people the PDF version after, but then I started upselling saying like, Hey, I can also print this in a shirt if you want, or I can print this like on a canvas for you. So you don't have to worry about doing it yourself. And then once I started getting that rolling, it didn't sell that much because it was just an upsell at the time. Then I started like learning about like the t-shirts and started like my own store there, which like started like really growing um, decently fast. And then I kind of just shut off the portraits because it was just not worth the time anymore when I had like this passive way to do it. Yeah, that's, you know, trying to find like a side hustle that would work for me is what kind of got me into this. many years ago, I started a little bit before you. Um, but I had a ton of failures, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. My online piano course was not my first venture. And I don't think that the, the, the portrait thing was your first either. Like how many, how many like failures did you have? So many, I tried like two to three different, like drop shipping stores. I started on like Fiverr trying to do like digital ads. Yeah. There was a lot of things I also tried before I actually made any money. Do you think that if you would have if you would have gotten the idea for the print on demand business as the first side hustle idea, that it would have been a successful if you hadn't like run through all these other things and possibly learned something from those failures? Probably not. There were a lot of things I learned and um, there's like a lot of similarities between like drop shipping and print on demand. The medium was different because I was trying to sell like drop shipping on Shopify, but it still is the idea of having like someone else print your product or like send your product for you. Mm-hmm. And then the like portraits and like learning Etsy would have, I would have just never known how to actually get my print on demand products found if I hadn't done that one first. So you mentioned, um, that when you first started this, you were working your nine to five, what, what is it that you were doing and, and why did you want to get out of it? Yeah, I was doing, um, pretty much, um, digital marketing. So I was doing like the Facebook ads and the Google ads. Um, I kind of liked it. I had moved into like a senior role and just aside from the fact that like my dream forever has been to work for myself, it just became, um, really stressful. Um, I became like a senior role with people under me managing like million dollar budgets with like 
a small commission structure and like, it was going all right, but I was just like starting to get like super anxious towards it because things were like such high stakes there. Mm -hmm. And I know that I was starting to lose sleep. And I remember there was just one week where I had made like a huge mistake that cost like thousands because we're dealing with budgets that were like hundreds of thousands to millions. And I like didn't sleep for two or three days and I was on vacation and like my friends were even commenting that I was like, just not really mentally there because I was so stressed. And I think that was a huge part. I had already kind of started dabbling in the print on demand, but I remember that was like, oh my God, I need something to work out because if I don't, I'm going to just have a mental breakdown going down this path. And I know that just like travel and location freedom is is important to you as well. Because when we first met a few months ago, you were in a coffee shop in, was it Argentina, I think? Yeah, yeah. That was like my first, this year was my like beginning of being like a travel nomad. Um, so I did Mexico. And then right after is when we went to Argentina and then stayed there for a month working from coffee shops and Airbnbs and like hiking and working afterwards. So that's been fantastic. What's the next destination? Um, we are, I'm in the process right now of renting out my place full time so I can hopefully move to Asia for a bit. Okay. Actually, not All hopefully. Right. I already booked my tickets to Vietnam. So it's going to happen, <laughs> but <laughs> that's amazing. Um, okay. So you have, you start this print on demand business. Um, you've had a lot of side hustle failures before it starts to take off. When did you get the idea to not only do that, but then start yet another side hustle where we're teaching the print on demand stuff? Yeah. So that one, it's funny because that one was never even planned. Like my whole, like having an online presence was just like a challenge me and my friends were doing because I was actually like super camera shy. <laughs> so me and my friend always talked about it and like always talked about our goals and stuff. And one of mine was to just get over being camera shy. So her and I would like just make self videos at night on our phone. And we had a deal like before December 31st, we each had to post one TikTok. <laughs> and then it was super, we went to the cottage. Like, I think I had posted it on a Friday afternoon. We went to the cottage Saturday, Sunday, and I woke up and my TikTok said I had, I think like 800,000 views what? on it. <laughs> yeah. And I had about 20,000 followers and I was like, Oh, from I one. Guess, yeah. <laughs> yep. Wow. That was one video. And then I was like, I guess, I guess I have to make content now. Holy smokes. Yeah. It was, I remember sitting there with my friend and I woke everyone up. I was like, what's happening? Okay. So, so everybody listening to this can go just post their first TikTok video and they're going to get 800,000 views, right? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) So we're, we're, we're recording this. It's, uh, it's August of 2022 right now. Mm -hmm. You said December was like, are we talking less than a year ago, December? Yep. Yep. It's been eight months now of being like online. Okay. So you, you and your friend challenged each other because you wanted to be more comfortable on camera. Yeah. That's how this started. Yep. Exactly. What what was your motivation for that though? Why'd you want to be more comfortable on camera? That's not something like your average person aspires to. They don't ever aspire to even be on camera. They don't like being on camera. So they're not going to push themselves to do that. Yeah. It's funny. Our group is kind of like that where it's very like, 
I guess, growth oriented. Like even one of our friends, he was same thing, shy. And he challenged everyone. Like he hated speaking on camera as well. And just started going on like Instagram lives and trying to talk for a minute a day. Or like some people were going to Toastmasters and I was on this big like podcast kick of listening to like mindset things, um, growth things. And it was just, it has always been the one thing that I said I could never see myself doing because I was way too terrified of it was just like talking online. So I was like, you know, I'll just start practicing. It was more like a self thing to see if I like could get over it. And I think it was more just like the friends all doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and at this point, when did you quit that nine to five job? Had you quit at this point when you posted that first TikTok? No, I quit a month later. I quit January 31st. Okay. So what was the, what pushed you over to the edge to quit? Was it simply how much you were making from your print on demand business? Was it that plus the success you started having on TikTok or what? I was kind of both. So I was making like on my, in my print on demand, I was making about 10 to 12 K over Christmas, over like the Christmas month, like October, November, December, which was enough. It was already more than I was making at the nine to five, but I knew it was Christmas months. So I told myself if I could maintain a certain amount for a month after Christmas was done, then I could allow myself to quit because I knew it wasn't just the massive spike. So once I realized I was still making about two to 300 a day, even not during like the Q4 Etsy crazy sales for Christmas, then I felt more comfortable. And then adding on top of that, now having a few thousand, quite a few thousand people that I could ideally monetize with was Mm -hmm. just the extra like kick to do it. Wow. So, you know, Chris, this past Christmas, you, you didn't even, you didn't even have the idea for a course. You had no following, you had no social media uh, for this. You were running your print on demand business. You were still working your job and we're here seven months later, a little over seven months later. Yeah. And you've you've launched your course. You've been very successful with it. I mean, that's amazing. My my very first course, it took me eight months to even make the course. And that was it. And I didn't, that didn't include any funnels or um or you know, tra- traffic sources, marketing, any of that. Yeah. It's all been pretty fast. It has been really fast, which has been very nice. I did not expect that at all. It's funny because one of my friends, I remember him saying, he's like, I bet you're going to quit your job this year. And I was like, yeah, maybe by like the end of the year, I have like a vision board um, for every single year. And on my thing was before 2023, ideally I could quit. And I did it in the first month and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I guess we're making it work. So the, um, the success with that very first TikTok video obviously set this business off in an incredible trajectory right from the beginning. Um, first of all, why TikTok? I don't know. I had heard about this from people. So like I said, um, a lot of my friends are entrepreneurs and one of them just kept telling me, he's like, you are missing out on like TikTok. He's like the outreach on TikTok right now is crazy. So he was actually telling me for my portraits to start putting those Mm -hmm. on TikTok. But by then I was kind of like, not sure if I was going to continue with those because again, the time trade-off for those. And so like, kind of just like re-hit my mind then I was like, okay, he's been pushing me for months to like try for that business on TikTok. So maybe let me try this one. 
And then he was very right. Clearly, yes. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. logging in right now to get to your TikTok. And I see that it looks like your first video is at 172,000 views. Does that sound like the right one? Oh, wait. Is it number two then? There was uh, one I did without any me talking. Yes. Well, okay. yeah, it looks like your very first one is like 40,000 views and you're not on camera. No, yeah, yeah, the, not that one. The next one is 172,000 views. Oh, which one was my, the one with me talking? Yes. Did they delete? It my says, let's, let's learn TikTok and print. Let's learn TikTok and print on demand together. My first time ever showing my face on video. Oh, <laughs> that's the description. Let me look back. Cause I know. I know at some point it was 800,000. Unless yeah, it went eight, down. 872,000. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were saying 100,000. So I was like, pretty sure it was. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's eight, it's 872,000. Oh, yeah, yeah, views. So, yeah. like, what is it, in your opinion, like, have you, is that still your highest view video? Like, what, what is it about that video that's took off so much? I don't know what it was. It, it's not my highest now. I had another crazy one recently, which um, it's at 4.7 million, which is wow. wild to me. Yeah, that so many people have seen my face. But the I'm not for sure about the 800,000 one. I've heard from people that back then, at least, I'm not sure about now, TikTok was prioritizing new um, mm-hmm. creators to get them hooked a little bit more, you know, if you start off and get a few extra, like hundred thousand like views, you're going to feel really good about yourself. But I know my friend who started at the same time, like didn't have the same results. So it wasn't for everyone. Well, sure. It's not as simple as just putting something out there, right? Obviously there was something in your message that really grabbed people's attention. And, um, I mean, TikTok wants to show, they want their users to stay on the platform as long as possible. So they want to show their users quality content. So obviously there was something about it that was really resonating with people. Um, I'm guessing, I mean, with that many views, you got a lot of likes and comments and things like that. Like what are some of, what are the, some of the things people were saying in the comments? So it's really funny. This was my first like experience at being online. So it was a lot of just everything. Most of it was very kind. Like I had, I remember one specifically was like, I'm going to show my daughter this because like, um, this is the type of life and trying to like prove to her that you can make money on your own. Then there was all the comments like, Hey, are you teaching? Are you coaching? And that's when I was like, Whoa, people would want to know off my one video. I think, um, what a lot of people grabbed onto that one is I posted my numbers and like also a screenshot of how much I made in like October, November, December, which again was super high because of Christmas. And that's when people were very like, like, how can I do this? Can you like teach me how to do this? So a lot were like that. Of course, some were already like, you're just trying to sell things. I don't have anything to sell you. (laughs) So it was a fun mix of learning what type of commenters are on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And so once you realized that you could, there was a market for this, you were, you were building an audience. I mean, like literally overnight, you had like 20,000 followers Mm -hmm. on a platform. Um, The next step for you was not an online course. It was, it was like an ebook, right? Yep. So I was just thinking of like the fastest way to do it um, at first, because yeah, people were asking. So I was like, Hey, I know Canva. 
I can write this down all super quick and add to it super easily. Um, so that was just the first kind of option that I had. And again, back then I wasn't super comfortable in front of a camera, especially for anything like long, long-term, like quick TikTok videos are also very different than kind of filming the long, long content. Um, but yeah, I released the playbook. Um, and then with the playbook, also the Facebook group that it gave you access to, which I think a lot of people actually just joined for that. And that is still something that's live today with the course, but everyone had said that's where they got the most value from because again, the ebook was great and taught them a lot, but for the nature of this, like people wanted videos and walk through. Um, we'll certainly get there. Um, I mean, it's the online course show, right? It's not the ebook show, but yep. how did you know, like, how did you know how to go about like pricing your ebook and how to, um, like set it up to make a transaction to where they could give you money and then they could get the copy of the, the book. Back to my handy dandy Etsy. I had, I created like a CU online Etsy just to sell the playbook because I didn't really know how to create a website or any sale, like okay. selling sites back then. So I was like, okay, I know Etsy. I'll just do that and link my um, like TikTok to the Etsy and sell it there. And I priced it really low at to start. I, I think maybe like 30, 40 bucks. And I got maybe a few, like maybe like 30 or 40 people to buy. And then in the group, which they joined, I asked them like what value they think this is worth, like valued at how much they would pay for it. And then I slowly increased until I was like pretty happy with the value to um, like content that people were getting. So that's how I got to the, that pricing. And then eventually I heard of, um, it's called Stand With Me. It, mm -hmm. I think it was released actually after I started um, on TikTok because it, I remember hearing about it and then suddenly it was everywhere. And it's exactly that. It's pretty much a selling platform for um, creators. So it's like a link tree, but you can buy and download and schedule calls directly through there. And and you started selling the ebook through Stand With Me as well? Yep. So you and mentioned then that your, moved. You mentioned your brand name um, just now, and I think that's the first time it's come up. So your brand is called CU Online, which CU is your initials. Yeah. Um, so if anybody wants you wants to look you up on TikTok, I mean it's are there any spaces or yeah, it's C yeah, it's C dot U dot online. Yeah. On TikTok. Okay. So you're selling this um this ebook, uh getting some success through that, but you recognize that people are um kind of demanding it in video form. So I guess it's the market that told you to put this in an online course. Uh yeah, a hundred percent. Like people, especially who I read the most were people in my group chat were just talking about like how they needed to see this broken down or like a walkthrough. They were asking for them. Um, I had been, I was silly one day and I was like, if you guys need a video walkthrough, I'll just create a quick like loom video for you. And then just all the comments. And I was like, Oh no, this is everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe it's time to film all of this. Okay. So you, the market tells you that you make a decision to move forward with an online course. Um, what were your expectations? Like, obviously the market is telling you that, but you're also making like pretty good money just selling this ebook too. So like, are, are you, what's your motivation? Like, is it to make more money? Is it to get more students? Is it 
just because you're kind and people are asking for this? Like, what were your expectations behind the online course? I think it was both the fact that there was a lot of people joining the group that still had so many questions. Um, so I thought one with a video course, I could answer more earlier. And then ideally that I could make the same amount of money with less people joining. That was probably the biggest one so that I could um, get more personalized with everybody. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was my whole thing. I thought I would just sell less, but for more, and it'd probably be about the same, which was totally wrong, but in a great way. So you, um, you obviously, you know, you joined, you joined my coaching program, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you figured a lot of this stuff out on your own with the, you know, the ebook and Etsy and, and things like that, um, for, for going to the online course phase for you and your business, why, why a coaching program for that part? I just remember I was super overwhelmed. Like I remember listening to you, like your podcast and I was listening to another person's podcast and following someone else. Someone was like, you have to do this on Teachable. I remember someone in your group that I was reading was like, don't do Teachable, do this here. Don't do that here. Like, like do a freebie. And I just remember writing this all down. I was like, I have zero clue as to which way I should be going. And I didn't want to have to film this and do this all and realize that I was like doing it all wrong. And then I think that's why I held it off for so long. Like I had, there was quite a while that I was like, I should really make a video course. But it was just the like analysis paralysis where I was just like, I don't know how to move forward. And so I'm not going to do any of it because there was just so many moving pieces that I just had zero clue. Like I was selling on Etsy, my ebook. Um, Yeah, there was just so much to learn that I kind of just got stuck. So let's just quickly fast forward to today and then we'll go back to some of the process. so you've now launched, uh, you, you launched to, um, a kind of a small email list you had built up, but mm-hmm. also at the same time, you basically put it out there. You put your funnel and stuff out there on an evergreen basis as well. So, yeah. um, would you mind sharing, like, I think maybe five weeks ago is when you launched something like that a little over yeah. a month ago. Yep. Just over so a about month five weeks ago, you hadn't launched a course ever. Mm-hmm. And then what are some of the results you've gotten in the past five weeks? So they've been awesome. I'm probably at profit about like it is Canadian, 50K Canadian, which has been just like incredible. Like I thought, yes, we would get some sales in the launch, but they've really just kept up. The launch, I think I did have my biggest day, but a lot of the beginning, like every day is made at least like one to three sales at like a minimum. There's some days much higher um, depending on which content I release, mm-hmm. but I just, really didn't expect more than like one a day. And your price point? It is 350 US. So about 450 Canadian. Yeah. It's really been amazing to see the the evergreen work so well. Cause you like you said, you're making sales every day. Mm-hmm. And like do you have to do you have to keep putting content out on TikTok to keep making sales? Is that part of the strategy? Um Kind of, yes, but sometimes like videos will just go for a few days. Like for my last one, um, it hit um, 60K. And usually when I see things like a video is gaining momentum, I won't put it on a new one for a few days because that one will kick off for a few days. And then I'll just make some and save it for that one when that one's kind of out of fuel. So for the last three days, I just had the one video, which was another like 
10 second video it took me maybe like 20, 30 minutes to make. Um, and I've been running with that and I've started listening to you and repurposing all of my TikToks. And I have to share something with you that I found that has just saved my life. Okay. I'm ready. Have you heard of repurpose.io? Uh, I've heard of it. I haven't used it. I think you may have mentioned it to me in passing before, but yeah, I think I mentioned about it to you it when I heard of it, but uh -huh. I hadn't used it yet. It has been a lifesaver. So it grabs my TikToks. And as soon as I release them, I have a workflow set up. So it automatically takes off the watermark, sends it to Pinterest, my YouTube Reels, Instagram, and a Google Drive folder. Wow. Yeah. And I don't have to do anything. And like, it's been doing so well. Like, and I can go back and start releasing my old content. I just hit post and it sends it out to every platform. And like, I don't have to touch it at all. What's the cost of that? Mm, I, I think it was either $1.99 or $2.99. Let me look it up. One, like a one-time cost? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think wow. you don't see, you don't see a lot. Oh, per year. Yeah. You don't see a lot of like one-time costs with software these days. Yeah. So I'm looking up the pricing. Oh, um, 125. Is that the agency plan you're talking about? Let's see. I'm looking at their website right now. There's a three tiers of pricing. There's a pod podcaster plan, content marketer plan, agency plan. Oh, I think I'm just the content marketer plan. Because I just needed videos. Yeah, which is 25 per month. And so maybe you paid for the year. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, that's really interesting because, you know, I had uh, Elise Dharma on the podcast here recently, who's a social media person. And her workflow was um, TikTok first, like do the editing and stuff in TikTok and then download from TikTok using um, some app. Snaptic. It wasn't repurposed. Yeah. Well, what was it called? Snaptick. Snaptick. Okay. So you obviously know more about this than I do. And then and then upload it to other places. So you're saying that repurpose.io will basically do the same thing, but automatically. Yeah, because I have thought originally it was just Snaptick. Um, but for some reason, when I use Snaptick, it would unsync my audio. So it would be like a second off. And then for me, it was just like, I don't want to go into all these platforms. I was like even thinking about doing, getting a VA to do that. And yeah. then I was on TikTok. I love TikTok. And someone mentioned this. And I was like, I'll just like give it a try. And it's been great. Like my YouTube reels are sometimes now getting more views than my TikToks are. You So YouTube shorts or, or Instagram reels? Oh, sorry. Yes. Mean? YouTube reels or shorts. <laughs> YouTube shorts. Okay. So here's the, here's the thing. Okay. That, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, I love automation. I love systems and all that. Here's the question that I still don't know the answer to. And I've mm -hmm. talked to so many people that I hope have the answer. And I, I don't know. I don't know that you have the answer either, but it's like, is that, are you getting penalized in any way? Like, is Instagram going to dock you points because you put the same exact video on TikTok and so on? I have zero clue, but it hasn't been an <laughs> and issue. And it seems so to be far. working. Like, at least for the YouTube shorts, like some of those, I think one of mine today just hit 10,000 views and just starting. It's different for my the Instagram because Instagram, I just started. I never had an Instagram account until I found this. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even get my same username, which is an issue as well. Someone took it, <laughs> a university. Um, but it's so like I had sense. zero followers and I'm still getting some. I think one of mine today hit 3.6 thousand views. 
and I have zero, like 11 followers and. <laughs> okay. So for this workflow, I'm fascinated by this. Do you have to start with TikTok for this workflow to work or could you have nope. started just as easily with one of the other ones? You can start with one of the other ones you, that you set them all up before, and then you can either have them on man, manual or auto automated. How do you handle the fact, see, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on um, Instagram reels right now. And mm -hmm. I know that their limit on a video is 90 seconds. And yeah. I feel like all of the like vertical short form video platforms have a different limit as far as how long the video can be. And so I've really been trying to cap my videos at 90 seconds, but I think Maybe it's YouTube shorts that can't be over 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, and so, TikTok, I believe, is up to 10 minutes now. So if you're going to mm -hmm. put the same video in all these places, how do you manage the length? Do you just always keep it below the lowest one? Uh, yeah, mostly. I'll just like keep them lower. But you can also have like um, either it just won't post it like you can set it or you can like there's like hashtags you can put in to make it work. So it can read like in the workflow, you can have like if this um, post that I have has hashtag this, then post it. So for one, like, I don't really have that, but, um, for their shorts, you need to hashtag shorts for it to work. Um, otherwise it'll post as a regular YouTube video. If you don't have mm -hmm. shorts and it's over 60 seconds, but you can automatically append new things. So for mine, it's like, if a video is 60 seconds, like, or less, add on the hashtag shorts and post. Okay. You've taught me something. Thank you. Yeah. No one else I know has heard of that. I, th I think they must be new because I had just heard of them too. And it's been really, really cool. Cool. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. So um, you've, you've always had some pretty amazing results with launching your course and everything. Um, so what I'd like to ask you next is like in terms of the process and, and maybe what you would do differently at this point, like since you've launched, you've gone through the process that could possibly help somebody listening to this. If correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the broad order you went in, um, basically when we were working together is like the first thing you did was make the course mm -hmm. and then crafted your offer and then built the funnel and then hit go because you already had the traffic coming in. Is that the order? Yes. Yeah, that's how I did it. Okay, you've done it. If you did, if you had to go back in time and do it again, would you go? Would you do it in a different order? I think maybe I remember someone else in our program was saying that they would do the webinar first, and I think I might agree because there were certain parts where I wanted to promise something, and I was like, oh wait, my course actually isn't that way, and so I kind of had to go back to the course and re-edit it based on kind of what I wanted to sell. I think especially the way we learned it was more course first and not so much thinking about the value that we were bringing versus the webinar is what makes you think about the value you're bringing. And I really think that helped shape the course. So I actually went back and filmed a lot of my um, course things over. And that was my first time filming and they were long. So I went through all of them and then went through the doing the webinar multiple times. <laughs> and by then I was already like way more comfortable on camera, went back, same thing, like redid everything because it's realized how much more awkward I was on camera. So I do think the webinar is a great way to get used to also filming and you can redo it a bunch of times without doing all of your content again. So I was, I 
you know, several months ago, I felt like I was giving more, more freedom and like, look, here's the different pieces we need to set up. You know, you can kind of choose what path you want to take, but hearing things like that makes me like get bought in with the fact that maybe we should go more like, let's do the offer first and, and the funnel record a webinar and so on. And then, and then it's, it's like, it, it kind of makes building the course even easier and making mm-hmm. it more high value if you do it in that order. Yeah, I think so. Cause I wasn't thinking about the value at all before. Um, and then, yeah, once I started listing this out, it's funny cause it sounds so like easy in your head or like common sense, but then you're doing it and then you're like, wow, I didn't cover any of that actually. Um, so yeah, I think definitely getting the mindset towards the value first was, would have been like super helpful to just do the course after. Why did you choose to use an evergreen webinar funnel? For me, my whole thing has been how passive can I make everything? I don't want to be on calls. I don't want to be, um, like doing these launches every two months, one month. Um, it's actually someone I was considering also for like a course a course course, someone who was selling a course on courses before was very like saying that she didn't do anything, um, like live. And I think that's how I had first like gotten the idea of what could be like to have a course. And I followed her on TikTok and stuff. And, um, her whole like spiel was about like passive living through courses. So I think I had my mind one really wrapped around that. And two, that's been my whole goal. That was like, even my purpose of my Etsy was to just um, be able to make sales and not have to actively like fulfill something or like, yeah, host the live things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's most of it. Just how can I still make make sales whenever? And like, I plan to be traveling too. So I just didn't want to have like set up certain times of days for everything to just make this work. So my whole idea was like, if I can make this as evergreen as possible for me personally, that's what I wanted. Was, uh, was it difficult to put together the webinar? Mm, not with having you made it help a lot. <laughs> um, obviously. So for the people listening, I had my first version, which in my mind, I thought it was great at first. Um, and then having you watch it through, um, and just learning some more, it was kind of like, I, I rewatch it now. I'm like, wow. Another thing where it's like, this should have been common sense, but you never think about it while filming. Um, so in theory, it was easy, but I probably would have just launched with that and probably would not have gotten the results that I wanted. So there is a lot of strategy involved that um, I learned like through you that again, back to the, if I had done this by myself, I probably just would have had a very non-high converting webinar and just thought this would have never worked for me. I've told you this before. Like I don't claim to be the world's best at this by any means. And sometimes it's, it's just a matter of getting somebody else to look at what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I, I have a coach, like I, I will, you know, put something together and like send it to my coach and I'll miss something completely obvious. And it's just mm-hmm. like, when I'm reviewing, you know, your webinar or somebody else's, you know, offer or something like it's, it's sometimes it's as simple as having somebody else look at it. Cause you're just so, you're so in it that yeah. it's hard to see certain things. And, it is. um, I was, I was looking forward to seeing your webinar. Um, cause you had, you know, you'd, 
you had done so much, you had built the course, you had spent a lot of time crafting your offer, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd built up these slides and how the, the, the webinar was going to flow. And you, you finally put together a recording and I watched it and I was like, I think she can do so much better. Like I was just, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't too, I wasn't um, thrilled with, with that version of the webinar. And I really struggled with how to give you feedback on that. Cause like, I really don't like hurting people's feelings. Yeah, and, but it was um, needed. <laughs> well, I think everybody, everybody's different um, for sure. And I knew, I knew you could do much better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no disrespect there. I just no, knew no, I you know. had inside of you a much better webinar. And um, you know, the, what, what are the, do you remember the two things? Like I told you, I look for that. I want to feel and believe like when I get to your offer in the webinar. Yes. Convince someone that they can. No, yeah. Convince someone that they can also do this and yep. to make them believe that you're the person to teach them. Yeah. I put you on the spot there. You passed with flying colors. I did. I wrote but, those two down after. Cause I think I, you mentioned that I think in your feedback, for that. And I remember being like, Hey, this is really important. I wrote that down and I was like, Hey, these are the two things I need to keep in my mind, my mind when I'm redoing this. Yeah, exactly. Cause people get wrapped up in, Oh, I've got to have three secrets and I got to tell my epiphany bridge story. And I got to, you know, I got to do all these pieces and parts, which like there, those things can certainly work. But like, if you want to go, if you want to do four secrets and not three, like, okay, great. If you want to, mm. if you want to tell a, you know, three and a half minute, um, epiphany story or versus 13 and a half. Okay. Whatever. Um, the main thing I'm looking for is, are you like, I really try to put myself in the shoes of your potential customer. And are you convincing me that I can do this thing? Yeah. And, and are you and this program, the, 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 um, the like perfect vehicle for me to get there, right? Those two things. And when I watched the first version of your webinar, I was like, that that was that was what what got me is I didn't believe either of those things. Yeah, and I remember followed. watching it back when I was redoing it. I'm like, oh, how could I say that? Is again one of those things you do it and you're so in it. And I because I had spent a day on it, I was like, oh, this is this is the best I could do. And then when yeah. I heard the feedback and then applied it, it was like, oh, I should have known that. But yeah, it's one of those things having just that external person to yeah. tell you the first time. Um, Super exactly. <laughs> Cause I mean, you did like, you told your story and you had three secrets and you like, there was a lot of good stuff in it, but I just didn't believe it at the yeah. end. And so, and I think that you certainly would have made some sales. I don't think you would have made near as many because you like now, and I think you, I think it's the, I think you did it, um, two more iterations. I think the one that's live is your third revision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, it's, it's a lot different than the first one. And Very. like, that's, that's the vibe you get now. It's like, I can do this. And this is the program to help me get me there. Yeah. Um, and so that's helped a I, lot too, with like TikToks and just a lot of other things as well. I try to keep that in my mind at all times. <laughs> cool. So you didn't, you didn't take my feedback too personally. Right? No, cause I knew I needed Well, that's why <laughs> I hired a co- like a coach too, or like yeah. hired you to help. Cause without your program and without your help, like I knew that's what would have happened. And like, for me, I just needed one, that confidence to have, have someone like help me through those parts. Otherwise, like I could have done it by myself. If I was just going to launch with my first versions of everything, I kind of needed the hard feed, like, yeah, yeah, the hard feedback, hard things to hear. That's what I told you at the beginning too, was like, feel yeah. free to pressure me into getting things done. Cause otherwise it's kind of funny without someone to disappoint. Sometimes I'm like, 
I'll hold it off a day. But if I know I've got someone waiting for something, then it's like, oh, I don't want to tell 100%. them. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. I completely, completely agree. I just didn't like I, my, my worst case scenario is to, is to give somebody like harsher side feedback. And then they're like demotivated, you yeah. know, like, Oh, I can't do this. You know? And I wanted to be clear, like I'm giving you this feedback because I believe in you. I know you can do it and I know yeah. it can be better. So you also, um, experimented a little bit with the e-webinar platform, which I don't think I've talked about on the podcast just yet. Um, but it's a newer, like evergreen webinar platform. Um, what have, uh, what's been your impressions of e-webinar so far? I've actually been sticking with e-webinar. Um, after playing with a lot of settings, I've really liked it. So what e-webinar is, is pretty much it hosts the live webinars, but you can also watch just replay versions. You can also set it up to be evergreen um, as well, but it has like a live chat so people can ask questions that you can answer to. And it's been really helpful because it actually links to your Slack. And mm -hmm. actually the main thing that I found super helpful about eWebinar is the calls to actions, which are just way more obvious and the interaction. So you can like, the fact that you can host polls, um, ask questions for them that they can answer that are automated. So you're not actually typing in there. Um, I think the interaction helps a lot. And I noticed actually when I wasn't, when I was testing the regular webinar, not the e-webinar, people were missing um, the call to action. They were asking me where to get the downloads because they couldn't find it or I skipped over that slide too fast. Um, versus an e-webinar, there's a full call out at the size that says, claim your reward or claim your mock-ups or something like that. Yeah. And then when they finish, um, they're brought to a page that says, bring me to the sales page. So, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. It's I've been pretty impressed by it so far. Do, do people, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of like trying to trick people into something is live when it's not. Do you ever do, do ever, do people ever feel like it is live when it's not? No, I don't think so because I actually put, I changed the wording. I said, I wrote at the top so you can send an automated message to send to them when they start, which says, thank you for, um, thank you for joining. If you have any questions, let me know below. And then I wrote, if I cannot get to your questions during this webinar, I'll send you an email, which same thing. I can just respond right in the chat and it'll just send to their email if they're no longer live on it. And, um, I've also made only my live ones. Um, I think it's just a few times a day, Monday to Friday, like when I'm actually usually online. So I usually can answer questions. Mm -hmm. And then if they can't watch that, they can watch a replay version, which is no chat, no nothing. Um, but they can actually pause it, rewind, um, on the replays. So, so far I've had no one having issues at all since I've been able to just respond through email after. And I'm pretty sure it's pretty clear to them that it's not like live, live. So you have, you have a fairly standard, uh, other than the fact that you're using eWebinar, you have a fairly standard like evergreen webinar funnel set up to where, yeah. you know, the opt-in is the webinar or the workshop. And then, um, there's still like an email sequence afterward that links to like a sales page with a deadline. So do you have any idea? Um, and maybe you haven't like really do dove, divin, divin, I'm not sure the right <laughs> word there into the numbers for like, where are people mostly buying? Is it during the webinar? Is it right after the webinar? Is it like right before the deadline at the end? Any ideas? So the only real hint that I have um, was from our launch. So for the first seven days, 
it was pretty steady. But on the last day um, is my highest sales day ever, which was the enroll, like last day to enroll, which I had like probably three times more conversions then. I see a lot of people though, because I can see when people join the webinar, I can see their name. And then a few minutes later, I can see that they've purchased. So I'm not sure now, but based on the launch, I think that a lot of people are still converting from the email list as well. But I don't have too much analytics into it. I kind of need to dig in more to find out exactly when they're joining. Well, when the sales are just rolling in every day, it's like you just kick back and just like watch your bank account, I guess. But (laughs) eventually you'll probably want to dive into that to try to keep keep getting forward momentum and so on. Yeah. Um, My dog is barking right outside the office. Can you hear that? No, I don't hear it at all. Yeah. See, I think, uh, I think I'm, it's just me and her home right now. So I'm not cutting <laughs> this out. Look, I'm taking the microphone with me and I'm going to go let her in so she can join me. I think she's just lonely. Aww. So uh, come on in girl. She's 14 and a half. She is an oh old my girl. God. What yeah. kind of dog? What's that? What kind of dog? He is half uh, lab, half Weimaraner. Oh, um, she's no about clue. 60 pounds. Oh, yep. But you're not going to be able to see her, see her on camera because she's way down there. But no. I think she just wanted to be in here. We'll see. Yeah, so cool. she's in here now. Um, okay, so next I want to – so I, I posted inside of um, inside of uh, the OCG coaching um, community uh, yesterday saying that you were coming on the podcast and just asking if anybody like had questions for you because um, a lot of them have seen your webinar and know about your recent successes and stuff. And so I'd love to run some of their questions by you next, if that's okay. So um, here we go. Did she know she would have such success before building the course? I knew I would make sales because I already had um, people asking for it, but I didn't expect the amount of sales. Like I said, I thought maybe people would just buy less often and it would just be like higher value. So I just thought I would get probably the same amount as my ebook because it's the same amount of people looking for this information. What I didn't expect is just how well the webinar converted people. In my mind, for some reason, I, knew, I had always heard of funnels and I knew they worked, but I was just like, oh, people know, see my TikToks. They know me. They know they want information from me. But the webinar really is what... Um, like kind of was the game changer, which resulted in more sales than I expected. So I expected some, but really the webinar just topped that off to bring me higher than I expected. Did she ever gauge how many people might actually buy it before she built it? Not really. I had posted in my um, private group that I was planning to create this and to see if people were interested. And a lot of people said yes, but um I really didn't. I had no clue. I, before even like purchasing your program, um, which was different, I was super cheap. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not buying these types of things for even for me, um, like trying to price something higher, which I know people were even saying that I priced pretty low. Um, I was worried just no one would buy because I actually didn't have exact numbers. I was just going off what people were asking for, but they didn't say what price they were willing to pay at. What is the size of your TikTok and YouTube audiences and how many new daily or weekly subscribers do you get? So I'm at 140,000 on TikTok and I just started my YouTube. Um, I'm starting to grow that now. So I just hit um, 1,200. So that one's still a little baby. Um, On TikTok, it's kind of funny. It comes in bunches. 
when I hit those like videos. So like I said, my first video was like 20 K and then I maybe get two to 300 new a day, maybe less if I'm not really posting anything. Um, but then when you have those videos that like the one that I said got 4.6 million, that was another like 50 K right there. Um, so it's really like slow growth, big growth, slow growth, big growth. How did you settle on the three forty nine ninety nine price? I don't know. I um, <laughs> I remember everyone was saying to price higher. For me, I was just um, I think I was really struggling to see like the value in even myself um, doing that and understanding like the perceived value of people. I guess being on the side where we're learning it um, versus just seeing it. Um, I know you were even saying I should be pricing at like five hundred. Um, and for me, I was like, ah. I think it was just doing it personally. Like I said before, I think I have a different view on investing in myself now, but even before it was really hard for me to spend money on myself. So I'm just assuming everyone else is the same. So I started at the 349, which, um, I think was a compromise between you and me. <laughs> yeah. And then I said, as, um, I grow it and I get some feedback, I am going to raise the price. Okay. Are we there yet? You ready to raise the price? I think soon. Yeah. I've added a few new things based on some feedback that I've heard. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be the next step is announcing a price raise. Um, okay. So next question, are most people doing the full price option or the payment plan? Um, I think, I think it's like 70, 30. Let me check my stats. Which direction? Um, I think a lot of people are paying, um, paying right away, but there is a lot of people on the payment plans. Let me see offers. So you, the payment plan is four, four monthly payments at $99, right? Yeah. So yeah, I've got, so it's half. So I've got, um, right so far 80 for the full price and I've got 47 for the payment plans. And the payment plans, yeah, are 50 bucks more expensive because you're separating it. So in the end, they end up paying more, but it is um, broken down. Yeah. So like 60, 65% of people are doing the the full pay. Yeah. Um, so when you gave when you gave the number, you've, you've, you've brought in roughly 50K Canadian dollars uh, so far, that doesn't even include future payment plans. Because some, you know, 40% uh, of your people that have signed up um, have chosen or 30 to 40, uh, have chosen to only pay you the $99 so far. Yeah. And so they owe you 300 more dollars. That's not even in that figure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not even included. That'll be brought into the next little while, which is also incredible to know that literally zero extra work, including even getting new people, um, into the Facebook group is going to be coming with those. Like, oh yeah, I think it's now at like almost, I'm at 7,500. So that'll be, um, like a repeat payment every month for the next few months until those end. Wow. Uh, all right. Couple more. Um, have you gotten any feedback on what is making people buy? Um, I'm not sure about feedback. I think one of the greatest things it is about the webinar is people see the value that you're bringing them. I thought a lot of people would see right through it and not see, not that I'm not like offering value, but it's also a sales mechanism. And I thought people would be like, oh, you just made me watch this to um, like pitch to me. But what I've been getting is so many people just thanking me for all like offering that, hosting that, 
And then I have the follow-up email about like, why didn't you enroll? And it's people apologizing that they couldn't afford it. So I think it's been the biggest thing of um, giving the value first so people trust you. And exactly, it did what we talked about earlier, also proves that you know what you're talking about. So yeah, I think that's been a really big helper. So this last one is also like a number base. So you you may not have it, but maybe you have something broad. But um, this person is wondering about like the webinar conversion rate. So what percentage of webinar attendees end up buying? I think last time I checked, I was guessing around like eight to 10. Um, exactly like we said before. Um, yeah, I don't have exact analytics. <laughs> if it is, eight I to was 10, that's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely higher than I thought um, would come on because, and I can tell like every day when I like I see someone chat. Like I said, I can see when they've logged in, and then I get the notification a few minutes later saying they've purchased. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the conversion rate. So you and you don't even like really have a website. Like basically, you've got these social media channels that you then link to the top of the funnel and you have mm-hmm. a funnel and then you have a course, but like, you don't even have a website, do you? Not really. A very, very basic one that doesn't have that much information on it. Now, just in case people Google me, I was like, oh, I should probably have something that shoots over to the webinar page, um, which I recently did. Cause I, re- um, actually had it live. And then I realized I didn't touch the buttons. <laughs> so they weren't doing anything. Um, but yeah, shows how little I actually use a website. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's working obviously. Um, so we haven't, I haven't even asked you about Kajabi yet. So that's obviously what you, the platform you went with, um, how, like, give me some feedback on that. Have you been pretty happy with Kajabi? Very happy with Kajabi. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest thing, and I'm sure this is a huge reason why, um, you advocate for them as well is that they are a flat price. Um, I think I can't remember how much month, 150 or something, 125. Um, but versus like teachable and other places take a 5% cut, which it sounds great to just like give someone a cut in case you're not sure you're going to make sales, but it probably saves me like thousands now every month. If I'm going to keep up these sales to not have to pay a percent fee for someone um, hosting one is huge. And then the platform is just super easy to use. Um, I've also had so many issues and their customer support is fantastic. Um, there's many times there was once on my lunch day where I broke everything and my whole website came down and I got on the chat with them and it wasn't even really something that they would have known. I did something with the Google like DNS server, but he talked me through it. Um, did something on his end to like reboot it up really quickly. I don't even know what it was called. Um, but they've been super helpful. And just the fact that it does everything like the email marketing, I can host my website on there. Um, I've created my own like little link tree on there. Um, and it hosts the course questions. So I like that idea instead of having a thousand different apps that all connect into one to try to get this live, like Kajabi's just been great. So I think that's I think you you nailed like one of the reasons that so many people are on Teachable and even Thinkific is that their their entry point uh, is a lot cheaper. They have mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at it right now. You can start with, uh, well, Teachable even has a free plan and then their basic mm-hmm. is 29 per month. And Thinkific, same, they have a free plan and a, a 39 a month. Um, 
but you have to, I'm pretty sure with both of those, you have to pay a percentage of sales, like you were saying. 5%, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, which for somebody new who's never made a course sale, that's pretty appealing that they can just like sign up and possibly upgrade to a higher tier later. But mm-hmm. you just, uh, Kajabi can just do so much more. And you're you're running so many components of your business from inside of Kajabi, including the emails, right? I, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of their email system, but for you, like the simplicity of having it all in one place, I know yeah, was appealing. Free. So you're even using their emails. Yep. Yeah. I probably wouldn't switch off there because it's just all the information on that they offer me too, just really helps. Um, yeah. I love that it's all in one platform. So in terms of all the like software and tech and whatnot that you're actually using for the online course business, Kajabi, we mentioned eWebinar. Is there mm-hmm. anything else? Deadline funnels deadline for the funnel. deadlines. Um, Zapier to connect um, the webinar to Kajabi. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if there's anything else. That might be it. I know it's not much. Yeah, I think that's Pretty it. Simple. I have a bunch of other stuff for my print on demand side on my content, but I don't think for the course, I think that's it. Yeah. That's a pretty good, um, that's a pretty good stack. Yeah. Um, okay. How old are you, by the way? I just turned 27. So my birthday was two days ago. So now I'm fun. 27. So a, a, we can say successful, you know, uh, successful online course business by 20, 26 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that one. Awesome. That's, that's <laughs> great. Um, I know we, we have, we have older listeners, we have younger listeners, so I'm sure, um, uh, you know, some people have a limiting belief with their age. Like, oh, I'm only 26. I can't do this. I can't put myself out there. I mean, have you ever had that limiting belief uh, related around your age? A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, like, why are people going to be buying like a course from me? Um, when I look younger, I definitely always had that, like trying to place yourself as, um, what they call it the expert, I think felt like really hard when I was younger. Um, but it really hasn't been as long as you have the content to prove you know what you're talking about. I think people can easily get over that. You ever get trolls? Oh yeah. Well, I get I mean, people trolls and like angry people over like nothing. Like I had someone duet my video and just talked about. I, it's funny. There's like these um, TikTok accounts, and there's a few of them. I found them and banned them. And all they do is find people talking about side hustles and. Am I allowed to swear in here? Shit all over them. (laughs) And pretty much look at this person who tells you making $10,000 is easy. This is impossible. And it had like 4,000 likes on it. I just quickly blocked it. Never watched it because I've seen them talk about others like side hustlers. And the biggest thing I just realized is these are the people that are never going to try anything anyway to make any money. Um, I read one comment from someone. It was like, you'll never, you'll never get criticized from someone doing better than you. So it's always the people under you. So I do get, um, especially like the 4 million like video, the 800,000, when you start reaching, um, external niches or people, that's when you kind of get hate for my videos that are usually just my followers or like the smaller groups, usually a hundred thousand people are so nice. It's when you go viral that you meet people are a little bit more cranky online. <laughs> so I don't have too many more questions for you, but one area that I do want to dive in a little bit deeper before we go is just TikTok in general. 
because mm-hmm. um, I don't personally have a lot of experience with TikTok. And so could you just give us like a super quick, like if you're going to do TikTok to try to drive traffic, like what are some some things you want to make sure you keep in mind? Just some like pro tips for succeeding on TikTok. So some really helpful things is what helped me a lot was study other people. And I say this with my print on demand, even the courses, um, but even TikTok is if you have people on TikTok that you know, um, like have a lot of followers and are doing something similar, follow them. Like I will even follow people doing like drop shipping and other side hustles and see what kind of videos they're making and kicking off. And I'll make a similar one, but apply it to my own niche and change it up enough. But if it's working for someone else, it's going to work for you as well. And if you're not like studying um, what's going to go viral, then it's hard to hit what's going to be viral. And then I do two types of videos. Um, I call it like outreach and like a teaching one. So outreach is usually talking about like the benefits, which is usually like talking about my numbers, um, talking about how I can travel and do this anywhere. And that's the kind of video where I get a lot of new people, but it doesn't nurture those people to stay. So I have to also have videos that prove that I know what I'm talking about. So I give little tid- like tidbits of information um, so that one, if people don't buy my course and they just want to watch my content, they can just do that as well um, and learn something. Because I've noticed if you just have all these things that are like, I can teach you. Oh, my camera just died. Um, <laughs> no problem. It's audio podcast anyway. If you can teach people and prove that you can teach them and you have these outreach things, then people will trust you way more than if you're just promising them the world without ever proving you actually know what you're talking about. So what's next? You've got your offer that's selling. You've got a funnel in place, um, new students coming in every day. What is your plan for the next two, three, four, six months uh, with the business? Yeah. So for right now, I really want to grow on YouTube. So that's kind of been my focus lately is doing some more longer content and trying to learn the whole YouTube thing, which is why I invested in the mic and my camera to try and like up my content game. And then also just for my print on demand side, um, we're going, we're Q3 going into Q4. So I'm actually this month, probably more actually focused on growing that and getting as many designs out as possible to get ready for Q4, which is going to be the biggest month for my print on demand side. So beginning of this year was very focused on the course and see you online versus the end is going to be more skewed towards my print on demand, but of course, still maintaining this one as well. Yeah. Wait, wait. The, the balance between the two businesses is something you have to figure out. That's very similar to my situation with, with, with this. Cause I, you know, I'm always going to have piano in 21 days. Cause if I don't have piano in 20 days, I don't have this brand either. And it's similar yeah. for you, right? You're not going to teach about online, uh, print on demand businesses if you don't have yours anymore. So it's exactly not like otherwise. And that just as my own ethics, I would just feel so bad if I wasn't doing well and trying to teach. So I'm like, I have to be doing super well in my print on demand so I can be teaching it as well. Um, so for sure, going into that, it's going to be my my hard Etsy time. I'm a little disappointed you didn't mention anything about growing your team. You're still a, you're still a one uh, one girl <laughs> show, right? I've been thinking about it. Um, I started a list of things that I could get help with, and I actually have a meeting with a friend who has hired a bunch of VAs um, just to talk to him about what process to go through. I guess that's another thing. I'm like, where do I start? 
Um, and do I have enough information for them? So I'm trying to learn more about hiring VAs first and then trying to see exactly what I would need them for, what type of VA I would need and yeah, how to hire them. Cool. Cool. Well, Christina, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on and uh, being so generous with um, just the information and uh, that you've been sharing very transparent and all of that. Um, anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before, before we go? I don't think so, but I would say yeah, for anything, if you wanted to learn something, whether it be through Jacques, through me or someone else, getting that external help is just super helpful if you want to fast track how you're doing it. Um, I think taking your program one was just like a big mindset shift moving forward. Like I'm considering hiring a YouTube coach, um, maybe other things. Um, me and my boyfriend are even talking about a real estate coach. Cause we want like in the future, um, not anytime soon, but we're like in the future, we could get a real estate coach to help us buy some properties, but it's just really changed um, my mindset on investing in yourself. Cause this really was an investment and it worked very well. It paid off. <laughs> Thanks, Christina, for joining me here. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll obviously stay in touch. Yes, we will. All right. Thank you very much. All right. So wasn't that just just an awesome, awesome story? I feel like she is you know, very relatable, very, very real and authentic. And I've, I've certainly known Christina for several months now, but there was a lot to that story, her story that I didn't know about that I was that I was inspired by now knowing some of the missing details. And so I told Christina this, but I wasn't looking to make her episode a, just a commercial for my programs. It, the timing has just kind of worked out that way to where next week we are doing a big launch, uh, a relaunch, if you will, of OCG Coaching, which is my main program for helping course creators, uh, hopefully like you, if you're listening to this podcast. So I hope that you've been inspired by Christina and you can take some of the things that she said and, and take some of those and apply them to your business and get results from that. My programs are not for everybody, certainly, and I recognize that, but I do get a fair amount of people that want to work with me and work uh, alongside other followers of me and listeners to this podcast and whatnot, and that's exactly what OCG Coaching is. And so I'm gonna quickly give you a little information about it and what's coming up next week, but like I said, I didn't want this episode to just be like a full commercial for that. So. OCG coaching is specifically designed for course creators that want to fast track their way to a simple, profitable, and impactful online course business. It's a 12-month mentorship experience where you get everything you need. We're talking about training on crafting an irresistible offer, on generating traffic from multiple traffic sources, primarily organically, so without Facebook ads, in a consistent, predictable way. We're talking about funnels, so what we call the true-to-yourself sales engine. We're talking how to do testimonials, how to track your numbers, everything you need to run a profitable online course business and give you the freedom that you want in your online course business or the reason that you signed up for this in the first place. So I am going to be sharing all the details about how the program works and whatnot on the podcast next week. So this is more of just a teaser. You see today, the day that this podcast episode is coming out, it's Friday, September the 30th. And technically speaking, we're opening up the doors to OCG Coaching on Monday, October the 3rd, 2022, with um, special bonuses, special pricing. Uh, it's, it's really gonna be a, a no-brainer opportunity for a lot of you starting on Monday. But for you, the podcast listener, we're opening up the doors a little bit early. And so I'm not, like I said, giving 
all the details here. Uh, that'll come next week. But if you want to hear all the details, you want to hear exactly what's included, how the program works, what the cost is, how you can be a part of it, you can find all that information right now and even begin starting right now as well by going to ocgcoaching.com. So I hope that you'll check that out. And thanks again to Christina for joining me on this episode. And congratulations to her again for all the amazing success that she has and continues to have and being uh, an inspiration to myself and, and so many others. I've, uh, I've shared her story with many outside of this podcast so far, and I'm, I'm pumped that I've been able to share it with you here on the podcast. This has been episode 188 of the Online Course Show. As normal, you can find the show notes online, and that would be at oc.show slash 188. That is a web address. It is not a .com address. It is a .show address because this is the online course show. So once again, oc.show slash 188. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Take care.